Hey everybody, just wanted to take a few seconds of your time before the podcast starts. Just wanted to let you know about a passion project of mine for the last three years called Hustle Focused Energy. It's a powdered drink mix intended to help you focus and accomplish your goals. Super excited to bring this to market. Go check it out, hustletheday.com. And thank you so much for listening. On this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I have Eddie Thomason. Eddie has a full-time job. He is a speaker, an author. He's involved in a network marketing company. He also drives Uber and Lyft. And on top of all that, he just started a woodworking company. Very fascinating individual, fascinating story. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited to have been connected to Eddie Thomason. Eddie, why don't you jump in here? Tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit of your story. Awesome, Trent. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Shout out to Thomas McMahon for putting us together, bro. I think this is going to be a dope conversation. Um, Yeah, man, I'm excited to dive into this thing. So just to give people a little bit of an idea who I am, Like Trent already said, I'm Eddie Thomason. I'm a youth inspirational speaker, primarily in the college and high school markets. Uh, I just love to help kids shed self-limiting beliefs so they can pursue a life that they're passionate about living. So I know we're going to talk all about inside this episode how I do that. So uh, Trent, thanks again, man. I'm excited to get this thing rolling. (laughs) Yeah. No, now I think you you barely touched on what you do. I mean, obviously, that is a big part of what you do, but... As we were talking beforehand, you know, I already dug into your story a little bit. And, you know, I, like you mentioned, Thomas McMinn connected us and you were on his podcast and mm-hmm. you dove into a little bit there. And it was like, I still had no idea, like the, a tenth of the things you were doing. That's like, wow, this guy is like the definition of hustle. So, right. Um, <laughs> so how about, but, how about I give somebody a quick list, right? I'll give people a quick list of what that, I do. Uh, just so they know what the heck is going on, I guess, in the life of Eddie Thomason. But uh, I think, like I told you before, first and foremost, I'm a husband and I'm a father. Uh, I think that's the two most important things that I am in life. Uh, Then outside of that, obviously, I'm a business owner. So I told you I'm an inspirational speaker. I am working a nine to five right now currently. So I'm in sales. Um, I'm also driving Uber a little bit on the the weekends. Uh, Me and my wife own a business together as well inside the network marketing industry. So, and, and I also do a little bit of woodworking. So I sell a little bit of furniture and stuff on the side. So uh, I think like you, like you said before, I'm taking your words. The definition of hustle is, is in my MO. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. That's, that's no small feat there. I mean, you know, I've got three kids, you've got two kids, right? Yep. 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 So I mean, that's eight months and five months. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe me. I I know how busy that is. I've got an eighteen month old, and it's it, it's busy. And I don't have the five month old thrown in there too. So it's a lot so, of joy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so your your big thing is breaking curses. You know, that's yep. that's part of your you know your youth speaking platform is you're breaking generational curses. Can you talk a little bit about your background and you know where that that idea came in? Definitely, my man. So, uh, again, I'm going to give a little bit of context because I hate giving content without context, right? So, I was born and raised on in Baltimore, Maryland. 
born into a family that struggled with poverty for generations, right? I mean, my dad left when I was about eight or nine years old, which forced my mom to take care of me and my brother on a $13,000 a year disability income, right? So when you're looking at the poverty line, we live like down here, right? Um, so it was definitely an interesting place to grow up, obviously being in Baltimore. Um, and then from there, to be honest with you, you know, I thought I only had three options to create any type of financial success in life, right? I thought I could be some type of professional athlete. I thought I could be some type of entertainer, so rapper, dancer, singer, something like that, or sell drugs. Like I thought that was my only three options to be successful and make it anywhere, right? So I chose option one. Uh, I thought that was like my MO. I, I was a football player. I wanted to go play in the league. I'm actually, I'm repping my Bryant football shirt right now, but um, that's why I went and got my scholarship up and played at Bryant University. But long story short, I became the first student in my high school to ever earn a, a D1 scholarship in the school's history, right? So that was a huge thing, huge win for the family, a uh, huge win for what I felt as though my, my environment, my community, because I, I, it, it kind of sparked a, a belief of hope, right? Like it's actually possible in this area. And then because of that scholarship, I became the first male in my family to ever earn any type of university degree, right? So that thought process of being a generational curse breaker is based all around this belief of it doesn't matter the environment that you were born in. It doesn't matter the family that you were born into. You can go and create the success in life that you want to create. You just have to be willing to do some work. And obviously, you have to be exposed to some different opportunities and not just think inside of this one box, right? So my entire mindset, man, is like I talked about before. I'm helping people shed those self-limiting beliefs, like that, that core belief that I had, like I only had those three options. I'm helping them shed those beliefs so they can really pursue a life that they're passionate about living. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That that speaks, I think, perfectly to you know my audience of people who are in a nine-to-five that you know they just keep thinking if only this or if i had this or you know if this situation was different yep you know they have those self-limiting beliefs how do you help people kind of overcome those self self-limiting beliefs exactly so i think it's a it's a pure change in mindset right like obviously we we both know at this point we've interviewed different people on our podcast about success principles and thought process and everything else and success starts in the mind man like you got you got to first change over in your mind this thought of like when you think what if you typically go towards negative stuff right and i talk about that inside of my book all the time it's like you know you think like oh what if i fail or what if i'm too old to start this business or what if i don't have enough income or what if i run out of income right all these all these things you kind of start coming in your head well what if you thought about it in the best possible solutions like what if you started your business and it actually made you a quarter million dollars a year and take home revenue right what if, what if you started your business and now you left a legacy for your family for generations to come? Like, start thinking about the positive things that can happen and not just the negative side. Like, stop just playing devil's advocate at all times, right? It's just not going to make you successful at all. So I think that's the primary thing that you need to start doing is instead of thinking what if fail, start thinking what if and win, right? So this, I mean, it's, it's very simple to talk about, very much more difficult to do. But one of the things that I would recommend is, a, is an activity that you can do every single time is think about when you're saying what if, right? And whatever statement proceeds from your mouth, add the additional phrase at the end of it. And that's exactly how I want it to be. So like, for example, if you're thinking to yourself like, man, what if I'm too old to start this business? And that's exactly how I want it to be. If that's not true with what you are, are saying out of your mouth or thinking inside of your head, you're going to have to change that phrase, right? You got to start speaking something different. 
because it's not consistent with what you actually want to manifest in life. Right. So you need to change that statement from, you know, I am going to start this business no matter how old I am and it's going to be successful. Right. It's, it may sound very rudimentary or sound like like hoopla, but we all know about speaking and, and speaking into the world what you want to happen. And then it actually come into fruition because you're manifesting it with your mouth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I 100 percent believe in that. And so, you know what, that it is difficult to kind of teach that uh, for somebody who has had those limiting beliefs their whole life. But you know what, you're, you're a perfect example of somebody who can overcome that. And that's, that's awesome that you were able to do that. So, you know, you can, you've proven the generational curse as something that is over something you can overcome as long as you have the, the mindset and the understanding that there are options out there for you. So how is it that you show those options to people that, you know, may be in the same situation you were in, in your past? So that's, that's a great question, Trent. And I think it, it boils down to, I try to help people see opportunities instead of dwelling on problems, right? So I tell people to seek opportunities instead of dwelling on problems, right? Because you get in life exactly what you see, right? What you expect is what you get. You don't get what you want. You get what you expect. So if you keep on thinking to yourself, like my expectation is that I can only be successful if I'm an athlete, or I can only be successful if I'm a rapper, or I can only be successful if I sell drugs, then that's the only opportunities you're going to see around you, right? That's the only thing you see. However, if you start training your mind to think like, and stop asking, I got, I got to go off on a little rant because I hate when people ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? Because I think it's one of the dumbest questions that you can ask a kid because they, they kind of just like, they don't, you, you don't know, right? Like you really don't know what you want to be. You're kind of like, oh, I don't know. I'll be a doctor. I'll be, you, you say something to impress somebody else that's asking you the question, right? Instead of ask, answering that question as a kid, I want you to answer the question, what do I want my life to look like, right? And if you're, if you're a young professional, you're trying to get into a, you know, start your side hustle and everything else, think about it in the next 5, 10, 15 years, right? What do you want your life to look like next 5, 10, 15 years? And I want you to paint a very vivid picture for me, right? Like down to the T, like the, the house that you live in, what kind of, what's your family size look like now, right? Are you, are you married with kids if you're single right now? You know, are you, uh, you know, if you're married already and you don't have kids, you have kids, like paint a vivid picture for me. Right. And then here's what I want you to do. Like, how do you want to spend your time? Because that's the number one thing you really got to figure out. Like if obviously if you're going to be married with kids, whatever else, do you want to spend a majority of your time still working? Do you want to spend a majority of your time with family, right? Doing the things that you want to do with your family and everything else. And then you need to start making decisions on what vehicle is going to get you to that picture you just painted. Right. So a lot of times people think to themselves like, oh, you know, you're force fed this whole thought process, right? We're all going through the same thing. I don't know about you, Trent, but I was taught the same thing when I was a kid is go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a good job, right? Like that's everybody's universal way of becoming successful. However, I took that route. And then when I got onto the other side, I was like, well, this doesn't actually produce the life that I want to live, right? It doesn't look the same because <laughs> I got to give away eight hours of my day to, a, to somebody that I really don't even care about if their vision comes to fruition or not. Right. And I know that sounds harsh, but that's really what it is. When you're working for a corporation, you're working for somebody else's dream, somebody else's vision. I can't leave a legacy behind by passing along a position to my kids. It's just not going to work out. Right. So I started looking at, OK, what vehicles allows me to get to that vision, that end goal that I wanted to have. And it started becoming on this journey of entrepreneurship, man. Like I've learned that you can only create wealth by working for yourself. You can't create wealth by working for wealthy people. 
right? So you got to start figuring out that thought process and okay, if that's the case, what vehicle that I want to get into? And we talked about a little bit before we started recording um, network marketing. And that was my, my first dive into like, I guess, real entrepreneurship and figuring out how business work and everything else. And it exposed me to so many different books and so many different things that, that started to open my mind to all these different opportunities and what was available and personal growth because I learned the better I, I can build myself and, and build the values and skill sets that I have, the more valuable I become to other people and the different organizations and even my own organizations and my relationships, right? With my wife and with my mom and different people. So I know that's a little, like I said, it's a little bit of a rant, but I think, uh, you know, coming back to this, this thought process of how do you, how do you basically get to that point of, of looking and seeing opportunities? It's all about the, the mindset that you have, the perspective that you have. Stop thinking about what you want to be and start figuring out what you want your life to look like. Because when you figure out what you want your life to look like, you'll figure out what you need to, who you need to become, right? And then once you become that person, you start to live that life that you said that you wanted to have, right? Um, and you start to see all the opportunities and stuff that are around you because now your mind is focused on solutions instead of dwelling on this is my only option. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is that is incredible. I, I love that whole rant you just went on. That was perfect. Like, <laughs> no, there's, there's that one thing. That was definitely not in the notes, but it came out. Of, yeah. I was like, I got to hey, say it. It came out of nowhere. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's what this is about, dude. Let's, let's just have the conversation. Uh, but you said something that really stuck out to me uh, of the, you're never going to get wealthy working for someone else. You're, or you're only going to get wealthy working for yourself rather, right. Rather than working for somebody who's wealthy. And so yeah. I, that is a great quote. I mean, a lot of people are looking for that wealth, whether that's financially, whether that's through their family, through their time, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's looking for that, that exactly. thing that, and you know what, the, that's a big part of entrepreneurship is being able to create your situation rather than, you know, feel like you're stuck in the situation. Obviously you can create your own world within that situation, you know, within your nine to five, you're able to create this ability to do all these other things that you're passionate about while it helps support your future goals at the same time, which is awesome. And a lot of people don't have that mindset. It's, you know, me personally, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite in the fact that it's like, oh, I'm not getting fulfillment out of this nine to five. Let's go off to my own thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is not always the smartest thing. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm a firm believer. So I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people out here today, right? A lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of different, you know, different speakers. And they'll communicate. You need to quit what you're doing and go all in on, you know, like what, you know, your, your dream, your goal, whatever else. Right. And, and it's true to an extent, right? Like I, I feel like sometimes people take advice from people, from, from people who are speaking to the masses and it doesn't apply to you, right? Like, so if, if you're, if you're a married man, right. With two kids and no savings, right. And, and somebody told you like, oh, you know, I got this passion. I'm going to be a woodworker and you spend your last of your money on woodworking. And then you're going to work the next day and say like, Hey, I quit right? <laughs> like, I don't think that's the best decision for you, right? <laughs> because you didn't, you didn't solidify anything yet. You put your family in a much difficult position uh, to, to eat, right? And have some type of shelter. So my mentality is use what you have uh, to do the best th that you can, right? So I think there's nothing wrong with working a nine to five, 
in order to provide the quote unquote stability, right? I say quote unquote because there's never stability but a nine to five. I think COVID-19 definitely taught all of us that, right? But quote unquote stability for like, you can count on this check coming in. So then that way you can reinvest whatever is extra inside of that check, right? Because I was always taught uh, to live below my means so that I have extra. So I can reinvest that extra back into my dream, my goal, my vision, right? And then once you start making enough income, that it overshadows what you are doing inside of your nine to five and everything else. Now you can make that decision to say like, Hey, I quit. But I think a lot of people do that entirely too prematurely. And then they fail, you know, it's immediately, you know, two, three months because they're also expecting, you know, their mindset has not been changed yet. So they're expecting like, Oh, I've been doing this thing for two months. I ain't getting no results. I guess I got to go back to corporate America. Like, no, bro, that's not how, that's not how business works. You got to put in time for months and months, sometimes even years before you start seeing any type of return on that investment, right? It's not like you go to work and it's a linear thing. Like, oh, I did my 40 hours, pay me my check. That's not how, that's not how entrepreneurship is. And I think that's the, the primary thing that most people have to make that, that click, that shift in their mind. Because if you don't, you fail before you even start, man. Like if you're trying to just get paid based off of the hours you put into your business, hey, bro, I got it's going to be a long road to hoe for you. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is 100% true. It is not linear. Uh, like you said, that, that is for sure. And it is not an hourly job. It is put in a lot of hours for nothing yep. to hopefully later get a return on those hours. But exactly. Yep. Yeah. I tell people all the time, it's the, uh, have you ever read the slight edge? My great I haven't. Guy, uh, his name is Jeff, Jeff Olson. I think his name is. Um, if you haven't read the slide as you, have you ever heard of the compound effect by Darren Hardy? Yeah. yeah, I've read that. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if the slight edge actual chart is inside of that, inside of that book, but I know the slight edge itself is, is phenomenal concept, but it's basically this thought process. Uh, I'm sitting at my desk right now. So I'm gonna see if I can draw this and show it on the screen for people that are, are at least going to be viewing this. Right. Yeah. Uh, boom, boom. Right. So this is this side of success. And then this side is failure, right? And then this guy in the middle is time. So for people that are, are listening, obviously, because I know you're going to put this out on some different listening platforms, I'm trying to explain this as best as I can. But if you can't figure this out, just look up Slight Edge on Google. It's going to bring up exactly what I'm talking about. But Jeff Olson is awesome for this concept, man. He talks about this thought process of um, – the slight edge of, 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 of small, consistent habits compounded over time, right? Because let's, let's be honest. Success is as simple as this statement alone. It's positive decisions consistently over time is going to produce success, period, right? And the exact opposite is true for failure. Negative decisions compounded over time consistently is going to create failure, right? So when you look at this, this little continuum. I don't know if you, you know, for people that are looking at this overall, but you can see that over time, time stays consistent, man. It's, it's the only thing that stays the same, you know, other than death and taxes, right? Time is time is time. <laughs> but if you start making small positive decisions over time, what's going to happen is like, you know, for month, maybe one through three, it's going to seem like nothing's happening, right? It's just this very flat, curve. You're like, bro, what the heck? I don't know why I'm still doing this. This makes no sense. I'm freaking idiot. What, what the heck am I doing? Right. And then it's like out of nowhere though, maybe it might be six months down the road. It might be nine months down the road. It could be 10 years down the road. Right. But what's going to happen 
is instead of you getting this linear growth, it's going to be this huge bell curve, this dip that swings you high in the other direction. And you're going to go from like, I think I'm an idiot to what the F, bro? Like, I, I don't I don't understand how I can get paid this much for doing as little as I do. Right. And, it, and that's that's really how business works. It's like this crazy curve that pops up out of nowhere. But the same thing is true on the other side. Right. Let's take let's say it's something as small as your positive decision that you make compounded over time. It's just you listening to a podcast every single day, a success podcast on how you can develop your mindset. And day one, day two, day three is going to be no change. But if you listen to something positive every single day, maybe to start your day, right, and you do that over a six-month time frame, I guarantee you, you're either going to be up for a promotion in your job or you're going to start a new side hustle by yourself because now it's already up there in your mind. You know what you want to do next, right? That's compounded over time. That decision happened over time. But say it's the opposite side, right? Say you just decide, I don't know, something simple. Uh, You just, uh, you ate a bag of chips. You ate an extra bag of chips every single day for the next six months, right? Well, I think this is one of the easiest ones to look at because you can see it. It's tangible. The first day you eat those chips, you're like, oh, bro, I don't care. Nothing's going to happen. Second day you eat the chips, nothing's going to happen. Third week you eat the chips, nothing's going to happen. Two months into eating these chips, you see an extra five pounds, right? <laughs> then six months into eating these chips, you 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 know you you borderline obese, right? And you start to see your health start to deteriorate. And then two years, let's say it's two years down the road, you're like, bro, how did I go from you know slim fit, you know I was in the best shape of my life to fat dad bod? Like, what the heck happened, right? Like, so I think that is the the simplest way you think about the slight edge mentality. Success is just small, positive decisions compounded over time. So as, as, as much as you can get that into your brain and start figuring out what those decisions are, what those habits are, what things that you can start doing right now that's going to lead to dividends paying off in the future, then that's when you want to start making those decisions now so it can pay off for you later. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like you just personally attacked a three-year three year removed version of me because I used to be that that person where it was like, oh, just a little bit here, a little bit here, no big deal, nope. no big deal, no, wait, what happened? <laughs> hey, bro, I feel you because I'm, I'm on the outswing of that decision-making. You know, I was yeah. eating like a bag of M&Ms. I wouldn't say it was every day. It was probably like, you know, once every three or four days. And then my wife pointed it out to me at one point. She was just like, you know, those small things add up. And I was like, God dang it. Like, uh, I guess I need to start making some different decisions. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I appreciate it. I mean, me and my wife have a really unique relationship where we call each other out on our bull crap. So, and we don't get offended about it. I mean, we might initially be like, mm, but at the same time, like, you're so right. So I love you. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. No, that... I, I I will look into the slide edge, but yeah, that does go along really well with the compound effect or even James Clear's atomic habits, uh, you know, mm-hmm. just making those little, he just talks about making these minuscule changes and it's like at a year, you might be 1% better, but if you went the other way, you might be 13% worse. Exactly. Uh, yep. So, you know what, it's that, that curve and you know, it takes time, but yep. you know what, it's, it, it happens for sure. Um, so I want to step back a little bit and you talked to just briefly about your network marketing experience. So people that I've talked to that have been involved in network marketing and have been successful at it, I should say Mm -hmm. the people that have, you know, given it time and saw it through and didn't just call a bunch of people and then bounce when they didn't get a bunch of sales. (laughs) Um, they tend to be the, tend to be very successful 
in whatever venture they're doing, whether they're still doing network marketing. And, and I think that plays into kind of the persistence side of things. Can you yep. speak to that at all? Absolutely, man. So my, my personal uh, experience with network marketing has been a positive one, to be honest with you. I know obviously the industry gets a lot of flack and I know primarily because I've been reached out to some different people. I'm just like, bro, that sounds the sketchiest of all sketches. Like I'm definitely not doing that. Right. But I think it's all in the way of people approach things. So like, I appreciate the way that I was introduced to network marketing when I first moved into the Binghamton area. Uh, he's still one of my mentors today. His name is Evan Grubb. And, you know, it was it was a very casual conversation. You know, we just kind of chit chatting about mindset, what I wanted to do in life and things like that. And I was then, you know, exposed to the Amway business and different things from that perspective. But his entire approach is not beg and sell. At no point did he say like, hey, man, you need to be a part of my team or post a thousand things on Facebook and say you need to buy this product or anything else. Like that, I think that is the thing that gives the industry itself this very bad viewpoint because people are, are being pushed at, right? Like, oh, buy this thing. It's like, make this decision or I hate you, right? <laughs> and it's like, it's like, bro, that's very aggressive. I don't think I need none of that in my life, right? Um, however, Evan's entire mindset is like, no, man, we're, we're partnering with somebody to help them accomplish goals inside of their life. So his entire approach, when I sat down, I actually had to go through an interview process, I had to read a couple books before I even determined, he determined whether or not he wanted to spend time working with me, which was very different for me from my perspective of, of different people that reached out to me in the past. And, and it forced me to really take a, a deeper look at network marketing and what it is and what kind of lifestyle it can really create, right? So that was back in 2015. So I was 22 years old. I was just coming out of college, I was introduced to this guy. Um, and then started just basically creating. I was like, bro, look at his lifestyle this dude lives. He was 33 at the time. He came home every single day, 11, 12 o'clock, middle of the afternoon, played basketball with his sons, never went back to work, right? Wife ain't worked in the last seven years. I was like, what the heck does this dude do, bro? Where I'm from, you selling drugs. Like, that ain't, that ain't legal, <laughs> right? Like, absolutely not. That's not going to happen. But as I started, again, developing a relationship with the dude, um, you know, sitting down, grabbing coffee with them a couple times before I even seen details, information. I think it helped me solidify like, okay, I see the life that this guy has. I see the fruit he has on the tree. I want to know more about what he does and how he does it. And he started telling me a little bit more about the business and how it works together. Primarily started helping me develop myself as a person, right? Like if it wasn't for Evan and what he taught me, the books that he introduced me to when I was 22 years old, I definitely wouldn't have got married to the wife that I have today at 24. Right. Because I was so immature. I was so I was so, uh, I guess, still hung up on this, this stereotypical D1 athlete mentality and this 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 uh, basically cockiness, man, that I had that I had in my own mind. And then I started to realize, like, OK, you know, as he started exposing me to some different things, I started to learn how business works. I started to learn how to develop better people skills. I started to learn how to add value to myself and see value in myself um, and not place that at an overvalue. Right. And become that overconfident type of dude. So it was, it was, you know, a few different things, man. It started revealing me to me and that helped me become a better person, right? And then as that started to develop, it was like, okay, now, now I know I'm a better person. I know I'm better than this position that I'm in. I know I, know I can earn more than just this, this, I call it minimum wage, but it's, you know, in sales, it's not technically minimum wage. Um, but in the industry that I was in, I felt like it was minimum wage. <laughs> so I was like, I know I'm worth more than this position. And I started to realize, man, like in any corporation, they're only going to pay you what the position is worth. They're not going to pay you what the person is worth. Does that make sense? 
So like yes. at that point, I was like, bro, I need I need to figure out what the heck is you know what's next, what's what I want to do. And I started figuring out like, okay, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and pursue this thing full fledged. And it, uh, it's it's been phenomenal for me and my family, man. It's provided my wife with the opportunity. She's a teacher, so but she'll be retiring at the end of March um, because of the, the the income and things that we got coming in from our business through the network marketing side. Um, and also supplemented through some of the speaking side as well. But it just created so many different options for me, man. And again, it exposed my mind to a lot of different opportunities. And it also exposed me to amazing people, right? We talked about it a little bit pre-recording, but your network equals your net worth. And the network of people that I have now, man, it's like, it's phenomenal. I can go literally to any city and sit down, have coffee with a multimillionaire. And not a lot of people can say they can do that, Right. Um, and that's all it is, is having access to people who think like you, th- I, I pay Warren Buffett a million dollars for 30 minutes of his time just to know what he knows. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's all, it's all placing that value on what the knowledge that other people have and being able to have access to those people to ask them questions so that you don't fall in the same mistakes and stuff that they made, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot of things to touch on there. And I mean, you know, your personal development really plays into your business development, but yep. um, the way that he approached you, I think is monumental in sales in general, because you're doing sales, you know, and you're nine to five right now. And yep. you know what, I, I've done sales. I did, I'm a reformed car salesman. And uh, <laughs> you know what, the, the people that were dependent on the income, mm-hmm. Nobody bought from them because they could sense the desperation. They could sense, hey, come join my my team, you know, you know. <laughs> exactly. It's like, no, no, that's not for me. But the way he approached you yep. made you intrigued. And you know right. what? You can do the same thing in sales in general. It's like, I don't necessarily need your sale, but right. hey, this would help you. So right. if you want it, you want it. Exactly. You know, when you think about network marketing as a as a whole trend, to be honest with you, man. It's all, it's all about the approach. I mean, if your mindset is more so I'm creating business partners and not just people that's, you know, like a part of my team, you know, my downline or whatever. If you think every single person that you talk to is a potential business partner and you treat it like a true business partnership, like if it had a contract and everything else, right, then you'll probably be a lot more selective on who you work with. Like there's, oh, yeah. there's people, you probably never heard this before. I don't know if you have from different network marketing people, but I turn people away. Like if, if, if we're not gelling, if we're not on the same page, if you're still immature, don't really want to get your, get your life together and everything else, you're not willing to adhere to like some, some very simple habits that I need you to create. I have no time for you, bro. Like I, I, I'm, I just told you all the things that I got going on, you know, like I don't have time to be spending with these individuals who are not willing to invest in themselves. If you're not willing to invest in yourself, I can't invest my time with you. So it's a very different mentality, man. I think, like I said, a lot of people in network marketing as a whole, they just think like, I just need these people to be a part of my team so I can hit this goal, this quota. Well, I'm in a look for the long haul. I don't need a quick fix. I want for the team that I build, the legacy that I have, I want that to be sustained for generations, right? So I want to make sure I get in, in business with the right people, the right families, the right connections. Because otherwise, what the heck am I doing it for? I don't want to build something with somebody and then they go make stupid decisions and then that whole team crumbles, right? I want to be with, with people who have character, they have integrity, they're honest, I can trust them, right? And those are the people that I want to build and do life with because I'm going to see them for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's yeah. a business partner. So it's, it's a completely different mindset. I think the process that we take people through is, is longer than most people's process. And uh, people got to be patient. 
You know, you got to be patient with me because I'm not going to, it's just like, you know, some people in network marketing, they like, oh, just come join my team. You met somebody a day ago and then the next thing you know that you're in business with them. And it's like, I don't even know you. Like, no, we got to slow down. I want to know about you. I want to know about your goals. I want to know about what motivates you. I need to know all these things before I start investing my time and being in actual business with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally get that. And like you said, if you approach it like a business partner relationship, you don't just rush into those sort of things in general. So. Exactly. It's yeah. like showing up on the first date, you know, uh, with, with, with a potential girlfriend or whatever else. And you just show up like, oh, man, you look good. I want to get married. Like, what the f- like, nah, bro. Like, how, like where's, where's all the stuff that's in between, dog? Like, hey, there's a lot of things that needs to be communicated here. <laughs> you don't, you don't understand the culture here in Utah. That that uh, that kind of happens, all right. <laughs> no, Believe it I, or not, that actually happened with me and my wife. I told her, uh, but it was, it's that's that's another that's a I, I call it a God story, but it's a, it's just a wild story. Long story short, I wrote down a list. I was recommended by my mentor Evan. He said, write down a list of all the things that you want in a woman, right? Not just physical traits, but everything, characteristics, personality, all this other stuff. I wrote my list. It wasn't, it wasn't as long as some as I know, but it wasn't as short as some as I know either. But it had, I think, 78 things on it, right? Like bullet mm-hmm. items that I wanted in a woman. I met my wife. We had dinner on a Monday night, and I was just checking off everything on the list. I was like, God damn, she got, she got everything that's inside <laughs> of this thing, like everything that I wanted. And uh, by the end of the night, we our date was 11 hours long, right? We just wow. sat and chatted in the parking lot for seven of those hours, right? After we had dinner. And um, it was, I was just like, bro, I already know I'm gonna marry you. And she was, you know, I was, I would say she wasn't, she wasn't completely like, oh my gosh, you creepy. But I can tell she was like, "Eh, hold on buddy, right? (laughs) But about two weeks into it, she was like, okay, yeah, I I definitely understand this, It's, it's gonna happen. So we only dated for like seven months uh, or dated for six months, I proposed, we got married seven months later and we've been married for three years now, so. It's still working out well. <laughs> well, well, good. Congratulations to you. That that's honestly that's the more typical Utah story right there. So you're you're, you're you'd fit right in here. So perfect. I'm welcome in the uh, Midwest then. Um. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to talk about you know you you're trying to create this uh, legacy to be able to exit the nine to five, mm-hmm. and you've broken this generational curse, when is it that you decided this is your path forward? This is how you're going to, you know, escape the nine to five. So as soon as I got connected to Evan, I knew that was like the network marketing was my way out. Um, And, and it, it, it's always has been. And even, even as I started learning more about network marketing, the opportunity is provides, you know, the, the, as you build it, like once you build it once, you don't have to go out and redo it again if you do it the right way, right? So it became, you know, back in 2015 at 22 years old, I was like, this is it. This is my vision. This is my ticket. This is how I'm going to create the lifestyle that I wanted to create when I played in the NFL, right? Or when I wanted to play in the NFL because I didn't actually make it. So that was, that. I think that was definitely my exit strategy. And then obviously along the way, I was just like, bro, there's so many different things that I can be doing to supplement income. So I realized, so for those of you guys who don't know how sales work, a lot of people like, you know, envious of salespeople, they live these luxurious lifestyles and everything else. And I would say it's true to an extent. It really depends on the industry and sales in which you're in, right? Um, me being in office equipment sales is not very luxurious. Um, it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's lucrative, but it's, it's not amazing, right? And I say that from a standpoint of 
when you're in sales, you have to cover the overhead of everybody else when you sell your products, right? So say, for example, I just sold a deal that was $60,000, right? $60,000 in revenue. When I got paid in commissions was only about three grand, right? So you look in the grand scheme of things, it's like, what the F? Like, how did, how did it go from you sold something for 60 grand, you only made three, right? Compared to if I go and do a speaking engagement, I get my full speaking fee, right? So I can make more in two speaking engagements than I make in, in just doing, you know, selling a $60,000 in revenue deal that took me six months, right? So I started, these things started to reveal itself to me. And I was like, I mean, I, I can do, I can make so much more money in so much less time doing something that I actually prefer to do and building a legacy that's, that I can leave behind for my kids, right? So I started to realize like, okay, not only am I just going to do, you know, Toshiba, not only am I going to do network marketing, but I'm also going to going to take this step and, and do this thing of inspiring others and being this youth speaker and being able to go back into schools and colleges and being able to provide an income, but also have an impact because of all the different people that you have a chance to now connect with. So that became my, you know, my entire MO. I started to look at these numbers. I'm a very number driven dude, uh, just like how numbers work together. And I started to realize like, bro, I can make so much more doing the exact same thing that I'm doing for my nine to five right now. If I had that same time to dedicate to speaking, I could be making 10 times the amount that I make right now, just being able to speak at different schools and colleges. And, and that was mind blowing to me. So I was like, I'm going to do that. And uh, it's, it's been very great to me uh, since I made the decision back in November of 2019. Um, you know, I came, came out in 2020, had a bunch of speaking engagements, COVID hit. We started moving those physical engagements to virtual engagements. Um, I had a lot of flexibility since I, my, I came out with my book uh, that came out in April and went to Amazon bestseller. So that also was something else that I had, had to add to the repertoire. And now I loved it because I was able to leave a piece of me behind with students because I wasn't able to say everything that I say inside of my book inside of a, you know, 20 to 35 minute keynote. So it was, it was perfect to be able to have that and be able to leave it behind and also have contact information inside the book for those kids to reach back out if they had any other questions too. So uh, I know that was a long winded way to answer your question. However, that was that was the path, man. He started in network marketing in 2015, you know, was exposed to some of the thought process, the mindset, and then the numbers game started to come into effect. And I was like, bro, I'm an entrepreneur. I already know it. Let's just rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, that that was really cool. I love that you were able to, you know, pivot real quick with the uh, with the speaking engagements. And then also, I love the touch of the book, you know, throwing that in there too and you know being able to expound upon what you you said and then you know create that conversation with them afterwards too so absolutely that's that's a, a good good way to stack it <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh it's what, what do you call it complimentary products right or complimentary yeah. sales whatever you call it so it's just it's just an aspect man like it's you know that's one of the coolest things for anybody that's out there so they say because i know a lot of people that would love to do public speaking as a side hustle right and I'm not telling you that yeah. in order to be a speaker, you don't have to be an author, right? It's, just, it's not necessary. But I can tell you just a quick gem, right? What I've learned is that most, if you're speaking inside of the youth and college markets, right? Most schools don't have a budget for a speaker, right? Like you just talked about a friend that cut all assemblies and everything else, right? But the majority of schools have a book budget, right? So something that you can do is if you have a book that's written, you can reach out to a counselor, principal, whoever else, you can tell them like, hey, I'm willing to come and speak at your school for free if you're willing to buy X amount of books at this wholesale price of this, right? And then you sell your book 
because they have the budget for books that's supposed to be coming in. But now you get to go and have a speaking engagement based off a book that you wrote, right? And be able to have that income that's now coming in, but you you waive your speaker's fee, but you're getting paid the profit from the royalties on your book. So that's another way, again, to just, you know, again, you don't know what you don't know, right? But there's a, right. a quick gem for anybody who's trying to go out there and speak. Um, and you're an author as well. It's a, it's a very simple way, an effective way to get inside of schools and, uh, and really have an impact inside of these different communities that you speak inside of. <laughs> wow. That, I love that. I love that knowledge that I, I wouldn't have known that if I was looking <laughs> to do a speaking engagement, it's like, Oh, we don't have the budget for it. Oh, okay. Well, it's not the right fit, but <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you found the way that's, that's awesome. Hey, you got, you know, it, it is, it is tricks you learn from the trade. Like I actually learned that from a guy's name is Aurel Moody. He's a very successful youth speaker. That's in the Syracuse, New York area. And, uh, you know, I always give credit where it's due, but I, I know that was passed down to him from somebody else, one of his mentors. So it's, again, it's, it's that network, right? Like you don't know what you don't know. So you got to get exposed to different people who are doing what you're trying to do and then learn from them, right? Like, you know, the term, I, I talk about that actually inside the book. It's all about finding mentors. Um, and your mentors don't have to be physical people. It could be reading from books. It could be online courses. It could be all these different things that people put out there today they could become your mentor. You don't have to physically talk to them on the phone to call them a mentor. <laughs> you can get so many different ways of getting that information and know who that person is. And then eventually, you know, being a part of their tribe, I'm pretty sure they're going to want to get to know who you are, especially if you created success with their system or with their work or whatever else. So yeah, that's just, that's just free nuggets out there. I'm just throwing out free yeah. nuggets right now. Trent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, I mean, I appreciate that first and foremost, but um, it sounds like, you know, you've got all these stories of success, of things you're doing to improve things. And you know what, you're, you're accelerating now, it seems like, even in this COVID era. But the question is, what, what would you say has been your biggest failure in starting a side hustle and what did you learn from it? So that's, I love that you asked that question because I, I think most, most people are afraid to fail, right? And, and first of all, I want to tell the difference between failing and failure, right? I think failing is necessary in order to create success. You only become a failure if you quit, right? Um, I, don't want to, I don't want you to become a failure, but I want you to fail a lot. And the, earlier, the more you can fail as often, the better, right? Because you're going to learn so much stuff. Like John Maxwell got a book, Sometimes You Win and Sometimes You Learn, right? Not Lose. Because when you, when you fail, it's a good thing. It's necessary for you to create success. Um, so for me, my biggest failing, right? I call it, you know, failing forward, whatever you want to call the term, bro. Like uh, my biggest thing for me was, like I said, at 22 years old, 2015, I, when I came into this network marketing industry, Evan was telling me all these things that I should be doing. And, uh, you know, and he's got, he had at the time was 13 years of experience inside of the industry. So I should have listened, you know, verbatim to what the dude said. But me just being who I am, I was like, no, I'm going to take what you said. And I'm going to put my own spin on it, right, instead of just following the blueprint. And uh, I, made, I made a lot of mistakes, man. You know, I, you know, I, I basically talked talk to some different people and, and communicated the wrong stuff, disclosed too much stuff, you know, basically word vomited on some different people. Um, I definitely didn't, I didn't pick up books soon enough. I, de I wish I picked up books a whole lot sooner than I did. Um, uh, different habits of like, you know, listening to different audios and things like that. I wish I picked up those things sooner because I felt as though if I, if I did that early on, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be in the, in the, I'd be probably a year or so ahead than where I am right now. Right. Income wise, mindset wise, everything. 
I'd have just been an overall just just further along because that that time would have compounded much sooner than say 2017 when everything started to click. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So I think being a student of the of the business, right? So being a student, whatever business that you're getting into, was was uh, was my biggest feeling forward moment because I wasn't a student of it. I came in with this mentality of like, I hear what you're telling me, but I'm gonna still do it my way, right? Um, so I, I feel as though if you're if you're getting into an industry, whatever that hustle may be, you know, it could be woodworking, it could be graphic design, it could be podcasting, whatever, right? Figure out who's doing a really good job at it. I don't want you to talk to the dude that just started two weeks ago and they're having struggles just like you, right? Go talk to somebody who's been successful at whatever that you're trying to pursue and then follow what they do verbatim, right? Mimic it. There's nothing wrong with copying somebody else's system because if they're successful at it, it means their system works. So don't be that guy that feels as though I got to be self-made. You know, I got to do it all on my own. Trash that, bro. Like you, you, you can't do anything on your own. It's actually impossible. If you're going to do anything in life, it's going to take people to get there. Okay. So figure out how to mimic that, you know, submit your ego, let that thing go and start to figure out like, okay, I can learn from these people. I can get better and start flat out pursuing it, bro. Don't be like me, hard headed, thinking that you need to hard charge it and fail it all on your own. Like you can, I, I'm so thankful that I picked up this habit of learning for other, other people so that I can stop making these stupid mistakes and I can get so much further ahead in life than, you know, faster than, than saying taking three years to do something, I can do it in one because yeah. I learned from somebody else's mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned that you were, uh, you know, might be a year or two ahead, uh, but you know, it's that compound effect. You might be five years ahead now in, in yep. mindset and business and all that. So exactly. <laughs> um, we've talked a ton about, you know, the mindset and, you know, your thoughts and your uh, trend, how they translate to your actions. So where is it that you find that you do your best thinking? That's a great question, man. In my car. So <laughs> I love, I love driving, right? Hence I drive Uber. I do, I'm in sales during the day. I'm outside sales. I don't definitely don't sit behind a desk. So it's, it's, it's driving, man. I feel like anytime I'm on the road, it's, it's, I got freedom to just do whatever. Right. And don't get me wrong. My, my family is my biggest blessing, but being at home, I'm trying to spend time with them. So I'm not really thinking about all this other stuff at home, but when I'm in the car, I'm on my own, I'm, I'm to my own thoughts. I think that's when I get the majority of my juices flowing. And then I'm not, I'm not recommending you do this, but I Google different stuff while I'm driving and different things like that to try to, you know, leave notes for myself and all this other stuff. Um, because so many things just come to me while I'm driving. Um, and I might be listening to a podcast, obviously while I'm driving every once in a while, I might throw on some music and stuff too. But I think different things just hit me while I'm, while I'm just in the car, you know, looking through that darn windshield and stuff hit me all the time. I'm just like, Oh, I gotta write that down. Oh, I gotta write that down, which I'm so thankful. You have things like Siri and Google assistant. Cause I'll just be like, Hey, I can't say the thing. But hey, you make a note <laughs> of this thing right now <laughs> because I need to remember this when I pull over at some point. Right. And then I just go back and and reflect on those things, review it at the end of the day, kind of see what what I can really run with or what can I do right now? What should I divvy up and give to somebody else that's a part of my team and uh, kind of run from there, man. Just kind of do my thing. <laughs> OK, <laughs> well, that that's very cool. I, I understand. You know, I. I I sometimes get those thoughts while out driving and whatnot. So um, I, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about how, you know, Eddie Thomason is basically the definition of the word hustle, but 
<laughs> you know, what, what would Eddie Thompson say is the definition of the word hustle? Man, if I got to put it, if I got to put it in a, in an actual definition, you know, if I got to give you the Thomason dictionary of definitions of hustle, uh, it's a constant grind towards your end goal in life. Yeah. I'm going to leave it as that constant grind towards your end goal in life. Right. And, and, and by whatever means necessary, as long as it's legal. Right. So like yeah. for me, like I said, I'm spending so many different plates, got on so many different hats, but I love the way Dave Ramsey says it, man, you got to live like nobody else. So you can live like nobody else. Right. Like, you know, what you're, what I'm doing right now as a 27 year old male, right. It's, it's by the time I'm 30, 32, I won't have to be doing the exact same thing that I'm doing right now. (laughs) My life is going to be significantly easier in the next three to five years compared to maybe the person that's 27 years old and all they're doing is working a job, right? Because that, that, that job can change, you know, circumstances can change, whatever it may be, but I can't fire myself from business. (laughs) So therefore I'm going to get, you know, you just got to keep on doing the, keep on doing the work and just trust, man. Like I'm a, I'm a huge faith guy. So you got to trust that the work that you're putting in right now is going to produce fruit. Something that my mentor Evan says all the time is do not dig up and doubt what you planted in faith, mm-hmm. right? The work that you're doing right now, it's all seeds being planted, right? If, you, if As long as you're planting seeds, the harvest is coming. You can't knock on a farmer's door as soon as he plants his crops and nothing's grown yet and be like, hey, bro, I don't think this thing is working out for you. Like, it's going to take time, bro. Crops don't come up in a day. But if you right. keep on planting your seeds, you keep on nurturing that soil, you'll keep on doing those things, which is basically making positive, consistent decisions over time, then those crops are going to come up and the harvest is coming, man. You just got to keep on going. The battle ends with you winning. So, um, yeah, that is that is my definition of hustle. Long-winded. But. No, hey, no, I loved it. <laughs> that was perfect. Uh, but knowing that you have so many things going on, I don't want to take too much of your time. So I'm going to give you a chance to plug where people can find you, find more information about you before I jump into the last question. Awesome, man. And I, I don't mind this at all, Trent. Like, like, like I said, I think when like-minded people get together, I can sit here and chat with you all day because it's, it's, it's also, it, it fuels me, right? I think the biggest thing is you got to have those different people in your life that continues to give you life, right? Okay. And uh, that's definitely something that you do. It's something that you do with your podcast. So I appreciate that. Um, and I definitely appreciate Thomas getting us connected as well. Uh, but people can find me primarily on LinkedIn. That's where I do the majority of my social uh, time. That's where I spend my time, I guess, on a social media type of platform. That's where actually where me and Thomas met. So we're, this conversation is a byproduct of LinkedIn. Um, and if, if you want, you can also follow me on all the other ones as well. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on all those different things as well. But if you want communication, primarily <laughs> just reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's where I spend a majority of my time. And if you if you feel as though you can connect with me directly, here's what I tell people all the time. I'm just a regular dude, man. Like you might be listening on the other side of this podcast right now and thinking like, dang, bro, this dude's so far along. Like I'm, I'm so intimidated by him, whatever else. What you'll learn, I'm a jolly, I'm a jolly green giant. Okay. I'm, I'm just a regular dude. Don't put me on a pedestal. So I'm gonna give you my email as well. If you want to send out a message to me directly, just go to Eddie Thomason, or Eddie, I'm sorry, at EddieThomason.com. So that's E-D-D-I-E at E-D-D-I-E-T-H-O-M-A-S-O-N.com, okay? Shoot me a message. I'm always here. If I can help, I will. And if I can't, I'll definitely connect you to somebody in this amazing network that I have, uh, especially including guys like Trent 
so that you guys can have some help in whatever endeavor that you're pursuing as well. So that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll make sure to include some links in the show description so people can connect with you a little bit quicker. Uh, sure. But, you, you know, I know, I know I've got this one last question for you, but mm-hmm. I want to find out personal or business. What is it that excites you about the future? Personal or business. So I got, I got to do, I got to cast a vision right now, Trent, because this has always been something that's on my heart. My whole, like, we talked about it before. My entire mindset has been a generational curse breaker, right? And um, what I'm most excited about is the impact that's going to be left on generations to come because of decisions that I'm making right now, right? Like I told you, I'm a big faith guy. So I, I strongly believe that the, the books that I, the book that I've written, the book that I'm currently writing and books that I don't know for the future that's also going to come out. It's not, it's not just for my family, right? Like initially I felt like I started writing books cause I, you know, I thought about if I died, if something happened to me today, I wanted my sons to have something to always remember me by, right? Like they can always go back and be like, my dad's advice is inside of this book. At least I can, I can feel him and it's, he's tangible at least here. Right. Um, but as I started to write the book, I started to realize like, Bro, there's, my kids will never go through what I went through, right? So they, they can't really relate to my background. However, there are millions of people who relate to my background exactly as it is, right? Growing up in poverty, you know, single parent household, dad left, all this other stuff, all the odds stacked against them, blah, 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 right? And they're going to read my book and they're going to be like, God dang it, man, if this dude can do it, so can I, right? And that can happen 20 years from now, and that can happen 30 years from now, and that can happen 100 years from now, Right. And that, that gives me life, man. Like you, you don't know how many people or my life has been changed because of some books that I read, reading a book from somebody like John Maxwell, hearing a guy like, uh, ET, the hip hop preacher, right. Hearing his story and like, dang, bro, like if that dude can do it, so can I. Right. And, and that's what I'm most excited about is understanding this thought process of legacy and what legacy actually means. Right. It's like, what are you doing today? That's going to impact generations to come. And it's everything that I'm doing right now that's leading to that legacy, not just for my kids, but for my grandkids and my great grandkids and all of their friends, too. Right. Because my my kids are going to probably meet different people and play on different teams with guys that came from backgrounds like me. Right. They're going to be like, man, your story really reminds me of my dad. Here, here's a book. Right. Or here, let me introduce you to him. And now that kid is whole, that whole family, his generation, his life legacy is going to be changed because of a conversation that was had with me, right? Or, or with my kid or with a coach of my kid or whatever else, right? Like that is so, that is so fulfilling for me. And it's not a, it's not a me thing. I don't think it's just because of me. I think it's the story. It's the redemption that God brought for me being this kid in this environment that grew up here and the testimony that now comes because of it, because of his provision that he had over my life this entire time. So I think that alone, bro, that's what I'm most excited about. I think it's one of the most uh, fascinating things every single day that I get up because it's like, bro, somebody else, somebody is not even born yet that's going to be impacted by these books or by this speech or by this tape that I'm recording or this podcast that we're recording right now, right? You may not know it now, but, you know, 20 years from now, somebody else is going to be impacted by it and it's going to help them make a different decision, become a better person, live a better life. Like that's, that's wild to me. <laughs> wow what what an impactful way to to end the podcast so that was that sends chills down my spine that was awesome so <laughs> i got some goosebumps over here too man it, yeah it gets me excited riled up every single time i think about it <laughs> that's awesome
Well, you know what? Like I said, perfect way to end that. I, I know I've gotten a ton of value out of this. So I know my audience has gotten value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day.